Hello and welcome to LTV Speaks, and I am your host, Lisa TV. LTV Speaks is a safe, empowering space to share, learn, grow, and express issues of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's intentional space for inquiring minds, the who, what, when, where, but most importantly, the why. Why am I here? Why does this matter? Why should I even care? And why must I speak to it? LTV speaks to address crucial conversations concerning race, gender, relationship, religion, and life. This space values the expertise of the expert and those who have lived experience. And we will always weigh in biblical principles for practical living. So join me as we speak together, as we speak up and speak out to matters of the heart and issues of the world. Somebody is listening for your voice. Let's speak to it. Welcome to LTV Speaks, and I am your host, Lisa TV. Want to just uh, enter you into a little devotional I've been having lately, just reading in the scriptures. And I want to call this Thirsty Thursday for me because it's something about Thursday afternoons that lead up into the weekend and to what I have and I call as my Sabbath that kind of get me a little more focused on just what's going to happen during my downtime. So I take Thursdays and I'm a little thirsty for God. I just kind of have this unusual hunger for his word. And I want to share with you all today just a little devotional that I've been uh, reading about. And I want to call it Winning versus Wilderness Talk. And I was sitting somewhere on Sunday listening to a message. And and it came from Exodus, if you have your Bible, chapter 15. And I only want to read some pieces of this. But again, this is Thirsty Thursday, and I want to talk about winning versus wilderness talk. Like, wow, what is that? Well, I'm going to explain it to you. I want to read um, from the Amplified Version just about the children of Israel and how they got through their situation at the Red Sea, how God had just blessed them and miraculously brought them through. But then something happened. Their situations and their circumstances changed, and what their response was not only to God, but amongst each other, how they talked to their their peers and their family members um, and their friends that were around them, how they spoke to the person um, and about the person that was leading them, which was Moses. So I want to pick up at chapter 15 and I want to read this first part, chapter 15, verse 1, about how excited they were and, and how we can get so high up and have this great winning talk about how good God has been to us, how successful we've been, how great things are when circumstances are pleasant and there is no pain, Um, things are looking good, money's in our pocket, uh, money in the bank, food on the table, clothes, high end, you know, you got it, Um, you name it, we got it on, right? So I just want to share something with you just to help you to not change your language based on your situation and circumstances because situations and circumstances were created to cultivate change they're not going to stay the same so you have to make up in your mind that you won't change the way you talk you won't change the success um, that God has given you or the walk that you're on 
based on the circumstances that come up in life and they will come up even after great experiences like Red Sea experiences where God just comes in and totally demolishes your enemy. So chapter 15 of Exodus, starting at verse 1 in the Amplified, then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he is triumphant and glorious. The horse and his rider or its chariots have has he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength, my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Verse 3, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Verse 4, Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts has he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are sunk in the Red Sea. Listen how they're like pumping up God and oh, he's so great. He's so mighty because what? Things are going good. They asked him for something and they got it right skip to verse 7 in in the greatness of your majesty you overthrew those rising against you you send forth your fury it consumes them like stubble with uh, verse 8 with the blast of your nostrils the waters piled up oh i mean they are giving it to god what happens how we just give it to god when things are going our way we're singing and rejoicing uh in this particular chapter moses had created a song for them just let's sing this song and let's go out and praise god because he just conquered and killed and annihilated and drowned all 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 of our enemies now we can peacefully leave from this place of, of slavery in Egypt and Pharaoh has been just overthrown by the mighty hand of God. They were so excited. And then it says in, in verse 9, the enemy said, the enemy said, this is what your enemy is saying about you while you are praising God and even while God is blessing you and doing great things for you. The enemy said, verse 9, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. This is what the enemy is saying about you while you're praising God and while you're rejoicing and while things are going good for you. But verse 10 says, you, Lord, blew with your wind. The sea covered them. Hmm clad in mail they sank as lead in the mighty waters verse 11 who is like you O lord among the gods who is like you glorious in holiness awesome in splendor doing wonders they were blessing god because things were going so well and thank god for red sea experiences in our life because they really alter and change our praise and our gratefulness and our thanksgiving however we have to skip over here to verse number 18 where it says the lord will reign forever and ever they're still singing his praises verse 19 for the horses of pharaoh went with his chariots and horsemen into the sea and the lord brought them back the waters brought back the waters of the sea upon them but but here comes the turn here comes the shift but the Israelites walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. So in the midst of all of that Red Sea experience, in the midst of the miracle of the Red Sea, God brought them out on dry land. Verse 20, then Marion, the prophetess, 
the sister of Aaron took a timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and dancing. Everybody's happy. Everybody's praising God. We came through. We made it through the pandemic. I'm still alive. I'm going to bless God. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to get back to church so I can praise God and thank him for bringing me through that. Verse 21, and Miriam responded to them, sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously and is highly exalted. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Verse 22, then Moses led Israel onward from the Red Sea. Now you got to get from all, you know, every day ain't sunshine. Every day will not be sunshine. And you have to get through those points and in order to get to your Canaan, in order to get to the place that God has promised you. It says here in verse 22, then Moses led Israel onward from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went there three days. 33 miles in the wilderness and found no water. Wow. After all this water that they thought was going to consume them, yet God miraculously blessed them to get through that and allowed it to consume their enemies. They finally, in their pursuit of the promise, in their pursuit of the promises of God, they ended up in a place called Shur where there was no water. Verse 23, when they came to Marah, which was the next place, they could not drink its waters for they were bitter. So they come from all of the blessing of God, moving the water out of the way to save them. It was great then that he moved the water and that it was dry land. But then they got to a place where there was no water. And sure, and then they got to the place of Mara in verse 23, where it was bitter waters. Therefore, it was named Mara or bitterness. Verse 24, and this is this is my whole piece I want to say. The people mumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Verse 25, and he cried to the Lord, Moses that is, and the Lord showed him a tree which he cast into the waters and the waters were made sweet. There the Lord made for them a statue and an ordinance and he and there he proved he proved them. So what happens when you get to the places in your life where it, it, it's glorious and it's miraculous and wonderful things are happening? Are you the one like Moses and Miriam to step out and be the, take the lead on giving God glory, honor, and praise? You know, what fascinates me about this text and scripture and about winning versus wilderness talk is as long as they were winning, they were praising God. As long as they were winning, you know, God got all the glory. But the minute things didn't work out their way, they went to complaining. They went to Moses. They were too much, you know, too probably too afraid of God, which is what we do. So we take it out on other people, um, how we're feeling when we are when we go through our wilderness experiences. But our wilderness experiences should not change our praise, our thanksgiving, our gratitude. It shouldn't change our talk. It shouldn't change our conversation. So they go to Moses and they mummer and complain to Moses. I looked up that word because I was curious because I wanted to know what's the difference from mummering, 
to complaining or grumbling. And I believe that all of the word of God is so intentional. There is a reason why God says everything that he says in his word, why it's spoken the way it's spoken and why it's written the way that it's written. So I looked up in the dictionary, what is mummering? Mummering is a soft, low, or indistinct sound produced by a person or group of people speaking quietly or at a distance. These are the people that I call them punks, y'all, because I feel like just that undercurrent talk, you know, the people that talk behind your back or the people, you know, who keep mess going all the time. And you can just read it in their tone because you can tell their vibe, they're up to something like they're up to no good, but their tone, their talk has all changed. No more singing and praising and jumping and rejoicing. No more. They had started this mummering, this low, soft, indistinct sound. So people couldn't even understand what they were saying at first, but they just started all of this mummering. And then I look up the word complaining. Complaining is defined as the expression of dissatisfaction or annoyance about something um, or about someone. It's expressing dissatisfaction. It's the expression of annoyance or saying something. And I thought, well, okay, that's mummering. It kind of undercurrent, you know, the, the people who really don't want to show their hand, but they're the ones creating the problems. And then there's there's complaining, which is an expression of exactly putting it out there. People that complain have no problem speaking it out loud. Boy, isn't this a totally different tone from all of the rejoicing and, and laughter and praise and dancing that was taking place as long as everything was going okay. But we always have to be prepared for the bitterness. Can you stand the bitterness in order to get to your blessing? Can you stand the bitterness of, as the scripture called it, Mara, the Talmar, or the dryness where there was no water at Shur? Can you handle that until you get to Canaan, until you get to your next place in life? Will you continue your winning talk or will you start this wilderness talk? Wilderness talk to me is mummering and complaining and grumbling. And I looked up the word grumbling. The action or fact of complaining in a bad-tempered way. Expressing a complaint in a bad-tempered way. By the time you get to grumbling, like you're steaming. Nostrils are all expanded and everything. But what do you do? Can you stand? Again, I asked you that question. Can you stand the bitterness in order to get to the blessing? Can you stand the dry places and the wilderness places without talking like a person who, um, who didn't win before? Can you stand the, the bitterness in order to get to the blessing? What I want to say to you is do not allow the pleasures on your way to your promise, on your way to your Canaan, on your way to your great big success. Do not allow the pleasures or the pain to retard you. We can't allow it to stop us. We must progress, pursue, and praise God on our way to the promises of God. You can't change your language. You can't keep shifting gears. One day it's winning talk while you're talking to your friends. Oh, God is so good. Oh, things are going so great. And then the next day, because one thing went, you know, a little sour on you and got it got a little dry um, in your circumstances, you changed your talk to wilderness talk. That is not the plan of God. So then why does God allow us to have these wilderness experiences after such great miraculous uh, uh, Red Sea experiences? I want to say number one, 
I would contend that the purpose of our wilderness experiences is to continue to train us for more difficulties in life because we are always going to be faced with difficulties. And number two, the purpose for our wilderness experiences is to prove our trust in him no matter what we go through. The people of Israel, God continued to bless them, got them out of slavery, got them out of Egypt, got them from under Pharaoh, but there was a process in getting to the promise. And the minute they hit the first dry place, the mummering, the complaining, the grumbling against where they were started, which really was mummering, complaining, and grumbling against God. So then do you really understand the purpose of going through? Because this same God that we enjoy all of the foliage and the flowers and the beautiful um, uh, expression above the earth is the same God that's working at the root to make sure things happen, to cause life in our bodies and in our situations. So what is the purpose of this wilderness? Number one, to continue to train us for difficulties. Number one, to prove our trust in him no matter what. And number three, to provoke continuous to provoke continuous prayer, praise, worship, despite the circumstances. They went to Moses, and Moses went to God. Instead of them going to the God that they just saw, fix it and work it out, they still, maybe they knew what they were working with, but they went to Moses. Moses prayed. Moses listened for the voice of God, and Moses obeyed the voice of God, and because of that, the next batch of waters they came to, the waters were made sweet. How disappointing is it, do you think, when you do something good for somebody, and then there comes a time when you can't do that the next time, and then they start acting funny towards you, or, you know, looking at you differently? I want to say to you, don't get caught changing your conversation from winning talk because you are winning no matter what we are still winning there's so many scripture but I don't scriptures I could give you but I don't want to bible thump you I want you to understand biblical principles out of this exodus uh, out of this book of exodus chapter 15 it's the difference from a winning from winning talk to wilderness talk mummering complaining about situations and circumstances that you get in and that you go through will not change anything. Winning talk is singing and praising. It's the conversation that's glorious of talking about how good God has been despite whatever you've gone through. Despite your pain and disappointment and, and rejections and things that have gone wrong in your life, despite all of that, winning, winning people continue winning talk when things look like they're working against them. Let me say that again. Winning people continue talking like a winner when it looks like things are working against them. Winning talk is continuous. So when we do that winning talk, we continue to defeat our enemy. We continue to win forever and forever, just like God is. God did all this stuff, not just for a moment of their thanksgiving and their gratitude and celebration, but what God did for them would be for, was to forever elevate their thinking and their confidence and their trust in him as a God that was mighty and mighty to serve. He was worth serving because he didn't do the little things. He did all the big things that they could not do themselves. What is it that you can't do yourself that you need God to do for you? So how do you celebrate when you won? How do you celebrate? 
do you get quiet and start thinking that uh, this was this worked out good? I know something bad is coming. Do you do you start that whole in your head spiraling down, which is what happens? It just doesn't go up. It's not it's not progressive. It is down talking inside of yourself. Oh, something good happened, so I know something bad is coming behind it. How do you celebrate when you've won? And then what's the tone of your talk when successes land in your path? How do you talk when good things land in your path? What's your conversation? Like, how happy are you? How do you express it? Because the words that I'm sharing that are the wilderness talk, like mummering and complaining and grumbling, um, do you all the sudden shift when things are going good and go to winter talk? How do you handle it when good things land in your path? What's your tone? I think it's so good to monitor that because things happen all the time. Circumstances and again, situations change. They were created to be changed, to change. They will not stay the same. And then finally, on this thought, how long does the winning vibe consume your conversations? Are, are you good and talking happy for like a week? And then you're like, okay, that's over with. Nothing good is happening. No lights, camera, not sure for me. So I'm not going to, you know, continue this winning talk. It is not good for us to change our conversation based on our situations and circumstances. So why is it so dangerous to murmur? Number one, it does nothing but causes unneeded stress. Let me just help you out. And we all do it. We all are susceptible to mummering or complaining or grumbling, none of which are winning talk. They're not, they're not glorious talk. They're not, it's not gratitude or grateful talk. If, number one, it does nothing but causes unneeded stress. Number two, what happens, like what happened with the Israelites when you when you're going through a situation and you don't know how you're going to get out of it and you hit the Red Sea and it's all this water in front of you and all of these negative situations and your enemies who are pursuing you, that's all that's behind you. When that happens and then God opens up the door, God makes the way and or there's a bill you couldn't pay or there's something you have been petitioning and asking God for and all of a sudden it happens. Do you know how guilty I don't know about you. You know how guilty I feel when I have mumbered and mummered and complained and grumbled about something that I wanted to happen and I just couldn't see how it was going to happen. I felt so guilty after God did it. I don't want to live with that type of self-guilt. If he did it before, he can do it again. Let me say this. If God did it before, he can do it again. Don't change your talk. From winning talk to wilderness talk just because of your situations. Why is it so dangerous to murmur? Because you'll forget all the good things that God's done for you. It just totally eliminates all of the good stuff and opens up the gate for Satan to just come in and talk into you in your head because he's a punk too. So he's going to talk in your head and try to make you think, you know, oh, this is so bad and that's so bad. Meanwhile, you don't even need a miracle. You just need a door open. Sometimes we don't even need it unlocked. We just need it open because we're just, we have just gotten to our wits end with making things happen. You don't, you've got the key because prayer is the key. Communication with God is the key. But now it's just time to turn that, time to turn that handle. It's not, you know, an automatic door sometimes. And there are times when it is an automatic door. I believe the Red Sea was they got there, they got to the circumstance, and they needed to cross over. And as soon as they got to the place, 
where they could do no more, the door opened. God opened the Red Sea. But then there are times when you say, no, turn the knob. No, ask me just so that I can do it on your behalf. Step back. Look at the big picture. Look within. Take your complaining serious. Take your mummering serious and your grumbling serious. It's not healthy. Spiritually nor naturally, it does not produce good fruit. So moving forward, how can you be consistent with your winning top? What do you do when you are tempted to murmur? Well, number one, I recommend that you, and you can write these down because I think you should do this every single time, you know, you get to a situation where you want to mumber, complain, where you want to worry and stress about stuff you can't change clearly already. So number one, Think back on the last thing you prayed for and God did it. To some of us, that's called a testimony. Think back on the last thing that you prayed for and God did it. Number two, write down three things you're grateful for that day, at that moment. The minute you start wanting to mummer, complain, or grumble, write down three things that, that you're grateful for in that moment. Lord, I thank you for waking me up this morning. I thank you because, you know, my children are healthy. Or I thank you because I'm in my right mind. You know, I thank you because you didn't give me what I asked for the last time, which would have damaged me, right? Write down those three things. And number three, then write down three things you are in need of God to do. Write down some prayer requests, because sometimes just needing God to do something more will keep you on the straight and narrow. I'm for, I'm for doing what works. And sometimes you have just, just writing it at my prayer request down keeps me focused on the things of God, keeps me focused on God, because I need you. Now, I know things don't look the best right now, but I'm going to need you some more in the future. And like God did with the Israelites, when he created a change and a way out for them, it was forever. It was eternal. And I want to say to you, don't change your, your winning talk to wilderness talk just because of situations and circumstances. Complaining, mummering, grumbling is not the way to win victories, and it certainly does not please God. I hope this helped you. You know, I want to say to you that one of the biggest giants is complaining about circumstances, but I want you to memorize this scripture. If you can't me memorize the Exodus situation, which was a story, remember this one, Philippians 2, verse 14 and 15, and start at 13. But the scripture says, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God. I hope you're encouraged and I hope that you continue your winning versus wilderness talk because you are a winner. God has already designed and designated that you are more than conquerors. You are overcomers, but you won't be more than a conqueror and you can't get to being an overcomer until you get a situation where you have to make a decision. God, am I going to trust you or am I going to complain? Hey, keep that winning attitude. Be blessed. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for joining me. LTV Speaks. I am your host, Lisa TV. Well, that's it for now. But thanks so much for listening. And please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow me on my other social media platforms. Tune in again. But this time, 
bring a friend with you. Many blessings, much love, and to you, a lifetime of victories.